Hello and welcome to Inside Creativity, a podcast to guide you through the beautiful yet challenging process of making the creative projects you dream of. We'll go behind the scenes to explore building creative lives that are good on the inside and creating in a way that is effective, sustainable and joyful. I'm your host, Elin Love, a creative coach and writer. I live in Sweden, drink lots of tea and I am so glad to dive deep into creativity with you. Oh, hello there you. Hope you are well. I am sat here in my armchair. It's a very wintry day. Um, There is some snow, but it's not snowing. It's very cloudy, quite dark. (laughs) So I'm sat here. I have my tea. I have a candle lit. And this episode will be the last one of the first season. So I'm going to take a little break over the holidays and the podcast will be back uh, with a new season in January. So for this last season, not last season, the the (laughs) first, okay, here we go. Uh, For this last episode of the first season, I thought I would do a QA. and a So I asked you to ask me questions on Instagram and I got some really good ones and I have five questions I'm going to answer today. So yeah, let's just dive in. So the first question is, what are your best tips for simplifying the work that goes into running a business? Uh, Good question, because business can be very complex. It can be a lot of moving parts. And it can feel quite overwhelming, both in the starting phase of it, but also in the running phase of it. So, okay, so how do we simplify it then? I would say that the first thing to do is to work in one project at a time. So what I mean by this is that, for example, if you're starting a business, there are a lot of things that you sort of might want to do or might need to do to get it up and running. This might involve uh, designing a website, maybe starting up some kind of content channel, like a podcast or YouTube or blog. Um, You might need to like grow your following on Instagram, things like that. Uh, You might need to develop products. You might need to figure out uh, how to do bookkeeping and things like that. So that means that there are a lot of things that needs to be figured out. And this is also true when you are running the business, when it's up and running, that maybe you need to change things or you want to develop new things or and you might need to like uh, do marketing campaigns maybe you need to work on your seo (laughs) yeah there are a lot of different things that we can work on and i would say that the first thing to to do is to do one thing at a time if you want a simple business so instead of trying to get it all done at the same time pick one thing say okay so i'm gonna focus on doing my website design and getting the like physical or not physical, but the like the shop on your website, for example, up and running. That's just going to be the focus for a season, maybe, or a month. And um, then you will move on to other things. So this in itself will create simplicity, it will create focus, it will make it easier. Uh, and this also goes for 
like when you're running this is something I think about uh, when I'm planning my work in my business that okay so uh, for example now now that I run Companions and Creativity with Open Closed Doors, that is a simplicity thing for me. That I know I'm going to have a marketing campaign around uh, opening the doors uh, to Companions and Creativity in spring. And um, that is, yeah, I, then I know I'm going to do that. And um, that is the only thing I'm going to focus on uh, during that period. And then I can move on to focusing on other things. So um, think about how you can work on one project at a time and spread them out uh, so you're not trying to juggle too many things at once. The second thing to simplify business work is to... Oh, just got a cat jumped up on the armchair here with me. Say hello to Alice as well. Uh, okay, so um, the, um, the second thing is to think about what the core essentials are of running your business. So if you, okay, so let's say that you have a, an online store where you sell some art. And uh, so think about, okay, so what are the core essentials of actually making that work? So you need some kind of uh, shipping process, you need uh, to market it somehow, you need to create products. Maybe those are the, the three essentials to actually have it like moving. Um, and think about what can you do uh, for each of those things um, that are simple and that are the core essential of that thing. So with marketing, maybe Instagram works really well for you. Okay, so marketing, Instagram, that's the thing. Or maybe you do email marketing. So maybe writing emails with uh, about the products in your shop. Maybe that's the thing. So try to scale it down to the very like bare bones, the very essentials. And also if you are doing things that are a little bit more complex and time consuming for some of these essentials, then maybe consider if you want to simplify more, maybe consider doing those less. Think about how you can make the things you do for the core essentials simpler. So I'll take myself as an example of how I've done this, how I've simplified things in my business. So uh, I used to do YouTube videos and now I'm transitioned to doing more podcasting with a little bit of YouTube video. Um, and this is... Uh, this is a content medium and content that helps people get to know me, helps get to know my uh, philosophy, my work, uh, hear a little bit about what I do as a creative coach, uh, my offerings, and also, yeah, just build trust, get to know me. Uh, that is an essential for me as a creative coach. And that is a an important part of how people find me and also get to know me and get interested in in buying things from me um, essentially so shifting from making youtube videos to podcasting has cut down the time uh, for for creating that kind of content so much <laughs> uh, so it's very much a simplifier for me in that i can do i can do more of it in less time um, and so, yeah, 
that is very much a simplifier and it also simplifies the actual process of it in that it's very easy for me to just sit down and record a podcast uh, rather than the video of like having to make sure the camera is uh, <laughs> is um, charged and uh, filming when like there's daylight and setting up to film and everything like that so it makes it much simpler so um, think about what you're doing for the core essentials and if you can do anything to simplify those if you can choose different ways of doing things um, with shipping for example um, if you uh, maybe there are services that can ship for you for example that can be a way of simplifying um, so yeah another way of simplifying could be to raise your prices as well um, that that can also be something that um, yeah with maybe less orders but more value it creates less less work in the process of of it as well finally i think simplifying business is also about figuring out your own good processes so this is something that um, someone else can't tell you what your best processes are it's something you have to figure out as you go and to be open to and explore and experiment with habits is something and habits and processes that's something i think is very important and very beneficial in running a business so yeah, it's the more time you do something, the easier it's going to be. And uh, the more you you learn about how you can do things and how you can build good processes for the different aspects of running a business, the more smooth it would it will run and the more easier it will feel. And you can find ways to simplify it that is like very individual to you and your business and the work that you do. So, yeah. I believe in simple business as well, so best of luck. The second question is, how do you manage slow living and social media? What are your thoughts on Instagram and such? So good question. And this is a question that we can approach in quite a few different ways. I can talk about Instagram for a long time. <laughs> uh, but if we start with the consumer way, so how we use Instagram as consumers, then I would say the first thing is being very conscious of who you follow. So I used to be um, like, uh, I used to have resistance around unfollowing people. Um, and I just, yeah, now I do it quite ruthlessly. And if it's someone who I sort of want to be in touch with or I like them as a person, but maybe their content is for some reason jarring for me, then I will um, just hide your posts. Um, I'm not sure what it's called on Instagram, but there's a function where their posts, you don't unfollow them, but their posts don't show up in your feed or their stories don't show up in stories. So... I think that we create our own environment on Instagram by choosing who we follow and um, be aware, like recognize when uh, someone you follow is, um, yeah, not making you feel good. And you don't have to justify why you don't want to follow someone. You can like them as a person. You can see that they bring value to a community, but if they rub you the wrong way in some way 
you don't have to follow them. <laughs> and I think that that's like we know that on a conscious level, but we sometimes forget it and that we are in control of our feeds. And like maybe there is someone who who is doing reels in a way that you find annoying. Um, just hide them from your feed or or unfollow them. It's totally fine. So that would, I would say is the first thing. Um, the second thing is to create boundaries around Instagram. So I use an app that I think is just called App Blocker. Uh, it's uh, an Android app since I'm on Android, and it this you can set timers for when certain apps on your phone are blocked and then you can't open them. Uh, so I have all my creative business related apps uh, like Instagram, my um, like planning app Trello, um, Squarespace, um, things like that. Those kind of apps. I have them blocked uh, by default um, every evening, morning, night. So between 7 p.m. and 10 a.m. Uh, my Those apps are blocked on my phone. I can't access them unless I turn off the blocker. And I do that sometimes, especially like if I want to check something, uh, I will turn it off go in and check it and then I will turn it back on and that's fine I think uh, but it just um, stops me from being in there constantly and thinking about like business and creative things constantly so it gives me yeah time to be away from it and it's also blocked uh, the whole day uh, on weekends and sometimes I will turn off the blocker and be on there for a while in the weekend but like by default it's blocked in the weekends so I would say creating boundaries around it if you find that you are spending more time there than you want to there are apps that can sort of block it after a certain time spent on the app um, so so think about how you want to use it and uh, see if there are any digital tools to help you use it in that way so I want to not use it in my free time as much because that it makes me sort of think about uh, my creative work when I want to switch off. So that's what I do. Um, the other thing I would say is um, ask a creator using Instagram as a creator and how we can do that in a way that is slower, calmer and more intentional is to decide for yourself how you want to use it, why you want to use it, what the purpose for using Instagram for you is. So. Think about uh, why why you're on the app and what you want to get out of it, uh, and why you like. There are a lot of rules around how you should use Instagram for different purposes, and uh, many of us have read those rules and um, still feel like we should follow them. And I think it's really really important to decide for yourself what you're actually gonna do and if there are any rules that you want to follow and if there are rules that you don't want to follow because it doesn't suit you so there are no like we have to use a platform or app or um, something else in a certain way we can always always decide for ourselves and just they're going to be best practices because these are it's run by algorithms and things like that uh, but at the end of the day I think it's most important to use it in a way that works for you because that's gonna um, help you to actually be there and stay there and feel good being there. So think about how you wanna use it, why you wanna use it, the purpose for it, 
and uh, design how you use it from that. I'm also going to mention that for me, scheduling posts in advance has made the experience of using Instagram much better. So uh, I schedule my uh, Instagram posts through something called Tailwind. um, And uh, there are a lot of different services. And that you can also do is by through like um, Mita's own um, app. I'm not, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, yeah, you can in different ways schedule your posts. And doing this helps me to like not obsess about the metrics when it's posted, uh, because often I will not necessarily check when it goes out. Uh, I will check it afterwards and it helps me stay more balanced and not not exactly detached, but more uh, on a good level with how much I care about things and how much I like am on there checking. Uh, So it helps me um, think about consciously what I want to post. It helps me create that um, in a like defined time in my week, not just always thinking about, oh, I should post something. Um, And then I can let it go after that. Uh, so for me, scheduling has worked out really, really well. And maybe that's for you, maybe it's not for you, but think about those kind of things, how you want to show up there and what kind of processes makes it a, a good experience for you. And try to view Instagram as a continuous experiment that has its own life <laughs> a little bit, um, where metrics and things like that and pleasing the algorithm, it's... Yeah, it's um, try to not obsess about it because it's it's partly out of your control. And see it as an experiment. Uh, if you want to grow on Instagram, see it as an experiment and see, oh, maybe this works and maybe this uh, doesn't work. And, and see it as, as something to also experiment with how you use it and how you want to use it and how what makes you feel good using it. Because I think that that's really important. You should feel good using it. So have that in mind as well. Okay, the third question is how are you liking podcasting versus YouTube? So I I mentioned this a little bit, uh, but I really, really love podcasting. So I made this change after two years of YouTube. Um, not making videos every week, but I, for quite a bit of it, I've made videos every other week. Uh, and now I do podcasting weekly, but in seasons instead. And I adore it. <laughs> I did I did start YouTube because it felt more creative. And at that time, I was also quite into like photography and um, slow living was both big parts of of what I did. And since then I've transitioned more into like deeper into creativity and my work as a creative coach. So my work has, has changed. And I think now that a podcast suits my work better and earlier YouTube was a better fit for me and my like brand and my work better so there has has been a change there um and i by no means regret uh like starting a youtube channel and still enjoy making videos but as a continuous content medium i enjoy podcasting much more um and why is this well 
it feels quite different uh, from making videos, even though both are sort of talking and uh, the, the things I talk about are similar to the things I talked about on YouTube. But it is a much more uh, comfortable process. Um, being on camera, being like talking to camera, I, I, I don't feel nervous about it um, or I don't feel like awkward anymore. I felt very awkward um, in the beginning, but uh, when I started my YouTube channel, but I don't feel that anymore, but it, there is a sort of tension and I feel more uh, like, um, like I have to adhere to the YouTube uh, universe and the expectations on YouTube and the sort of uh, rules of YouTube. And I know I can just not do that, uh, but I find that um, like people find the videos on YouTube uh, by searching different things and being recommended from uh, like having watched uh, a similar video or a similar channel and there are expectations and um, I find that the people who find me through YouTube are like if you found found me through YouTube, <laughs> I I see you and I I uh, I love you. Uh, but but sometimes I find that the people who find me through YouTube are not necessarily my ideal audience. Um, not everyone, of course, but a, a portion of it is uh, not maybe my ideal audience. Um, and there comes expectations with what other people what they have watched on YouTube and they think my channel is similar to that. And yeah, I just find YouTube to be a little bit of a jarring place. I don't watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I don't enjoy YouTube that much as a consumer. Uh, there are a couple of channels I watch, but I, yeah, I don't know. I never felt quite at home on YouTube and I am much, much, much more of a podcast listener. I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. I enjoy listening to podcasts and it feels, I feel much more at home here. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, the process is much better. It suits my creative life much better. Um, I can create more content in a shorter amount of time and I can like, um, when I'm recording this, I filmed a YouTube video, uh, yesterday and I didn't manage to film everything in that day because the sun went down and filming when when the sun is down is just I don't know um, impossible <laughs> it doesn't look good uh, so I had to film the last bit this morning um, and those kind of things I don't have to care about them with podcasting I can be in my pajamas I don't have to have makeup on uh, it can be completely dark I can still sit here and talk and it feels more intimate it feels more which is funny because uh, you would think it would be more intimate when you can actually see me as well but it feels like a more intimate and relaxed um, space uh, versus YouTube. YouTube feels more on display. YouTube feels more um, like, yeah, like there are rules. Uh, like you, you have to be a little bit more snappy. <laughs> and I am not a snappy person. And I know that not everything on YouTube is like that. But I'm always a little bit conscious of not rambling on for too long because then the video will be, will be quite long. And that is not as much of a problem 
with podcasting because it's expected for podcasts to be quite long. Um, so yeah, there are, I must say that I love podcasting a lot and I suspected that I would, but I, yeah, I think I probably love it even more <laughs> than I thought I would. Uh, so it just suits me better. It suits my work better, I think. And uh, the process is feels better. Um, and I have heard really good things from you listeners as well. Uh, so it seems to suit you well too. Okay, on to the next question. So the next question is how to balance design clients with my own business's creative work, which is an online store. So I understand this struggle completely. Um, balancing things is a big challenge in general for creatives, I think, whether that is you're balancing a job with creativity, you're balancing family life with creativity, you're balancing different aspects of uh, a creative business, like in this case, or you're balancing creative business with your own creativity. So for me, it has been a lot of uh, balancing my creative business with trying to find time for my novel as well, and now I'm balancing with it uh, with a part-time job. So I totally see the the challenges of balance and uh, in this case when you are working with clients and you also have your own store I would start by saying you have to price realistically and I know that we creatives have a tendency to underprice ourselves ourselves which is why I, I say this uh, so let's let's take an experiment or uh, an example um, so let's say that you to, to pay your pill, bills and have a, a good income let's say you would have to take on five clients per month or something like that and let's say that that work with uh, those five clients it takes up pretty much your whole month then you wouldn't have time to do anything else so you have to price uh, keeping in mind how much uh, you uh, need of an income and also uh, how much you can take on and still have time for other things. And that's how you should price. Um, of course, taking other things in, into, um, in regard as well, but we can't underprice ourselves so that we have to work so hard that we don't have time for other things or we don't have time for the whole process of things uh, maybe like you're working so hard on clients that you you don't manage to uh, do your planning or reflecting or things like that so be conscious of your pricing that's the first checkoff point so even with uh, with good pricing there can it can still be hard to to balance things so I would say the other aspect of this is planning so think about how you can have time for your client work and also have time for your store look at your plans make plans um, and don't just try to wing it uh, I <laughs> I say this as someone who has been winging it quite a bit in business uh, and have realized that I need to plan to have 
space for the things I want to have to be able to prioritize and to see when things are piling on too much and I can't prioritize the things that I want to prioritize. So I would look at um, a little bit of a bigger time frame. Um, I, of course, like planning seasons, so that's what I would suggest. But look in at time periods that are longer li- than like your week. So uh, think about, okay, so maybe there's a period when you have a lot of client work. And in that period, maybe you focus on client work. But then maybe the month after, uh, it might be a little bit calmer on the client side. And then you can spend more time on the shop. Um, And think about these things and think about how you can plan for making space for both. And as you uh, do this more, maybe you have done this for a long time, I don't know. uh, But as you learn how much time client work takes, you can also start planning for that and seeing, okay, so... uh, For example, it's very common that we underestimate how long things take and we plan with uh, an estimate that is wrong. Uh, So that means that we end up having to skip things because things we have in our plans take longer than we think. So the more client work you do, the more you will learn how long it actually takes. And uh, you can plan from that and and start seeing, okay, so maybe you need a whole week for a client project. Um, And um, maybe then you know that, okay, so that week I'm not going to be able to do anything with a store. You can plan from that. So think about your planning and uh, be conscious of how long things take. And I would also say if it's taking unreasonably long, you're always spending more time than you maybe get paid for or uh, feel like it's reasonable, then maybe it's time to set some boundaries around your client work as well to decide that, okay, so I will spend this many hours or I will get to a certain point of being happy with it and then I will let it go. Uh, Because when we get into perfectionism mode and when we, um, yeah, when we spend too much time on it, it can get out of hand and you might have to look at at uh, dialing down your perfectionism a little bit and letting go of projects maybe earlier and not obsessing about them as much. I would also say look at creating processes for your own work for your um, for your shop for your store. So when we are uh, doing client work, when it's someone else involved. Uh, that sort of forces us to have processes around them and um, it creates a process in itself to have someone you're in contact with Uh, but that means that we might not have as good processes for other things so look at what processes you have for your own credit work and how you can create stronger processes that creates time for actually working on the store as well so maybe for example you know okay i need to do a certain amount of client work um and you should also balance that with okay so i need to do this for the store and balance them um like towards each other i think it's very common that we let things like like client work take up like the whole 
the whole time <laughs> and we think that the other things we will do that when we have time we will do that in the time that is left and that often means that we don't do it at all so if you have processes for each it will be easier for them to sort of um be easier for you to defend the store creative work um against client work because you have an established process for it so think about when you have like what kind of habits and processes you can create for making time for your own creative work and when it can fit in and how you can establish that so it's not just oh I'll do that when I have time and again I know that this is a tricky thing um, prioritizing things that are not urgent uh, and we're not like responsible towards someone else is tricky um, and it takes a lot of uh, conscious prioritization. I would recommend the book Essentialism if you haven't read it yet. It's a great book um, to be conscious of what you prioritize. So read Essentialism if you haven't already. Okay, the final question. So this one goes like this. To me, the hardest thing is about the right mindset. How to find it when daily life is overwhelming. And I think that this is something a lot of us can relate to. Life can be overwhelming and getting into the right mindset to create can be difficult on stressful days when we are pulled in different directions, when we have other responsibilities and creativity can be sort of the last thing on our mind. But at the same time, we also know that creativity can give us joy it can uh, make us calmer um, it can yeah it can balance out that overwhelm of other things so uh, we might want to make space for creativity even though it's yeah we're overwhelmed by other things so i would say the first thing to think about with this is uh, the overwhelm itself and dealing with the overwhelm itself so why why is it overwhelming? That's the question I would ask. What is it about it that makes it overwhelming? I think sometimes with work or family life or um, other things, we can sort of surrender to it be, being overwhelming and just saying, this is just how it has to be. And um, it's always going to be like this. And I don't think that that's necessarily true in some situations. It will be true, but it's not necessarily true. So think about what it is that makes it over overwhelming. One small thing uh, can be, for example, buffer time. So when we have responsibilities, when we have uh, things to do, uh, sometimes we... we plan things in like meetings or or where places we have to be with uh, very sort of tight time frames and that creates stress in itself so planning in buffer time between things can just just by doing that saying okay so i have a meeting between two and three for example uh, then you will not schedule another meeting at three you will schedule it half an hour later um, things like that uh, building in buffer time that's, that's one of the simpler things to do uh, to make things less overwhelming. Or maybe it's overwhelming because you're managing a lot of different things uh, and you sort of have, you struggle to keep track of them all. 
okay, so maybe you can build better processes around how you keep track of them and how you track the progress in each and how you switch between tasks. If you maybe have a tendency to to work like a little bit on different things, uh, maybe try to work in different ways so that okay I will work on this thing the whole morning and then I'll work on the other thing in the afternoon so you're not switching back and forth okay so think about these kind of things what can you do to ease the overwhelm that you experience in your life and be curious about this because I think that there are more ways Uh, like when we're in it it feels like there's no way out of it Uh, but think about these things um, what you can do Again, the book Essentialism is a really good book uh, for things like this. Also think about how you can manage your overwhelm. So, okay, let's say that it is going to be overwhelming. Um, then, But there are different ways we can manage the overwhelm. Uh, that we can bring ourselves back to our center. And think about how you can do those things and, and make those things a part of your life. And of managing the overwhelm. To actually get into the mindset of creating, uh, I would say create rituals. So rituals is the thing that helps you switch from one mindset or one mood into another. So um, let's say that you get home from work and you're tired, you're frazzled. And what kind of ritual could you create that would help you step out of that frazzled mindset and into the creative mindset. And here's where you need some sort of ritual. So this can be anything from okay, taking a walk or uh, taking a shower, taking a bath, things like that to calm you down. Maybe you like to cook and you spend time cooking to wind you down. Maybe you uh, vent to uh, your partner, for example. Think about what you can do to both let go of the overwhelm what kind of things can you build into your life uh, that can be a little bit of a ritual to let go of those things and what kind of rituals can you do to switch over to creativity so this will be individual what suits you but again things like taking a walk mindfulness uh, meditation everything that can let go and Uh, what can you do to step into the creative mindset so if you take my novel work for example then uh, I often get into like what I do is that I put on a certain playlist and I look back on what I've done uh, in like the last chapter I edited for for example I look into notes that I have um, and I look at things like uh, my scene planning yeah things like that and that helps me step into okay what am I working with here um, and like reminding myself of it and that helps me step into that and I'm also going to say that sometimes this is too long of a process to do like after work for example um, when I worked full-time and did creativity in my spare time I created almost exclusively on the weekends because I found that the time it took me to switch off from work, rest up uh, and step into creativity and then create. When I had done that whole process, I was too like wound up and awake to fall asleep in time for 
my next work day. So I let go of evenings completely. Um, I like I would like post on Instagram or things like that are very simple um, and short. But I would not do any focused credit work in the evenings. Uh, and now I find that like one thing I do is that I uh, will sometimes stay and write in uh, in the evenings after my job. Now that I have a part-time job. Um, and that helps because I do that in the city. And then when I get home, I just relax. So think about what rituals you have and what time is good for creating. Um, if you find that it's hard for you to make that switch in the evenings, maybe uh, maybe it's better in the mornings, for example, if you're more of a morning person, maybe it's easier for you to have your creative mindset in the morning and then switch over to work. Uh, when you're not like, like affected by work already. Or maybe it's a weekend thing for you. So yes, create rituals and think about when they, when they suit you in your creative life. Okay, so those were all the questions. And I, yeah, this is the last episode of the first season. And like I said, I have enjoyed starting this podcast doing this first season so incredibly much. I I really, really treasure this space, talking to you like this. And I am so glad that you are listening. And I really, really see you and treasure you as well. So yeah, I will be back with season two in January. So it won't be that long of a break. Until then, I'm going to take a lot of time in December to... Uh, end of the year reflections and also resting so I'm gonna take time off over the holidays I'm gonna do a little bit a couple of more hours in my uh, content writer job uh, to also take more time off during the holidays so I'm kind of wrapping things up in my business for the year so I'm yeah I am not gonna do that much more this year um, and that feels good I am really happy about how things have turned out I'm really happy being here and um, doing this podcast and talking about these things so yeah um, that is all I hope you will join me back in season 2 and I hope you have a really lovely end to your, your year and I will talk to you soon Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to help more creatives find it, make sure you leave a rating and a review or send it over to a friend. If you want to dive deeper into my work of coaching, guiding, and supporting creatives, head over to my website, elinlove.com. That is E-L-I-N-L-O-O-W.com. And until next time, remember, there is space for you and your creativity. Close the curtains, brew some herbal tea.